said Gracie. Quite safe, she added. Another silence. There's no call for telltales, snapped her mother, taking away Loaf's plate of unfinished food. Gracie pouted. I only said because I knew Pa'd do his nut if it stayed there all night and Loaf might forget all the excitement. You'll hang it up right after tea, Loaf, said Pa. He's got to have his bath, said his wife. He'll have his bath after he's hung up that saddle, or he'll not be going to the dance. New hope leapt within Loaf. Gracie wailed. Shut up that noise, snapped her mother. Loaf'll hang the saddle up, then have his bath. In the end, mother always had the final word. She ran her hand through her son's short hair. And get that hay out of your head, and put on some of Pa's grease. Loaf knew better than to protest. When his family wanted to do something, they had their ways and means. They had quick tongues and a flow of words that always beat him. In his head, he could argue against them. In his head, he was just as brilliant as they were, full of convincing arguments on his own behalf, which, had he been able to articulate them, would no doubt have won them over. But getting over his own point of view was the trouble. Translating thoughts to words was not a talent he possessed. All his life the easy spinning of words had eluded him, leaving him stranded, unable even to shout for help. And other people, even his family, in all their busy going back and forth, had little time for his predicament. He had a bath and dressed himself in his only suit of baggy grey flannel. With it he put on a white nylon shirt and a plain blue tie and greased down all but the most impossible spokes of his hair. Then he hung about in the kitchen, feeling more enormous than usual, waiting for Gracie. When at last she arrived, he understood why she'd been so long. She'd done something to herself, all right. She looked terrific, pirouetting about, aware in every fibre of her body of her own attraction. Like it? She looked down at the bouncy pink skirt jumping about her legs as she moved, the neck of the jersey scooped out so that her breasts bulged above it. Her hair moved and shone. She had thickened her long eyelashes with black mascara and greased her pouty lips. Only her legs seemed frail and childlike. Almost sad, their spindliness, Loaf thought. Weren't the ugly, clumpy shoes too heavy for them? Oh, yes he said, dully, because he was still thinking of her poor legs having to bear the weight of those shoes. Smashing, said Pa, smiling. Gracie could always make Pa smile. And do hold your head up, Loaf, said Gracie. Yes, chin up, Loaf, said Pa. You've a sister to be proud of tonight. Loaf raised his head. His hair touched the beams of the ceiling. He tried to smile at Gracie, but she was frowning at him now. Couldn't you have worn anything more, you know? She asked. Loaf felt his heart quicken. He didn't much like Gracie most of the time, but he didn't like to disappoint her either. He didn't understand. Mother had gone to great pains to choose his clothes for the evening. She'd been pressing and brushing all afternoon. All this and I'm wearing the wrong things, he said. Of course not, said his mother quickly. You're lovely and smart, Loaf, take it from me. But all the others will be in jeans and T-shirts, said Gracie. 
Then loaf will be much better turned out, replied her mother. Now you'd better be getting along. Pa drove them in his old car. Loaf sat in the back, brushing the seat with his hand before he got in. He didn't speak, but loosened his tie a little. Gracie chatted excitedly to Pa. When they arrived at the village hall and got out, Loaf remembered about his head and held it up for a while. Inside the hall, an explosion of sound unleashed the sweat glands in his body. The wetness he'd been dreading arrived with startling suddenness. With each new blast from the band, the dampness spread from arms to feet to face to spine. It even trickled down his legs. Unnerved, Loaf put his big hands to his ears, then caught someone looking at him, so smeared his gesture into one of casualness, as if he was merely rubbing them. He looked round for Gracie. She was already gone. He couldn't see her. Excuse me, you're blocking the door. Someone had pushed him. There seemed to be so much room. It puzzled him he could be in the way. He moved. As he walked away to a row of empty chairs by a wall, he felt his head jerk in time to the music. He couldn't control it. When he sat down, he gave in and let it loll to one side. Sideways, he looked about him. The hall had been decorated for the occasion. A solitary string of coloured lights was strung across the ceiling. Paper roses were pinned to the glittery curtains drawn across the high-up windows, and posters of pop stars were stuck here and there on the shabby green walls. Loaf thought it looked very nice. He turned his head to the band on the stage. It consisted of four very small, thin young men with long hair and scarlet hearts painted on their cheeks. They wore identical pink satin shirts and winced and swayed as they clutched at their instruments as if the wooden strings were hurting them. One of them was singing. Loaf couldn't catch the words. The voice was a shrieking groan that struggled to surmount the music but the frenzy of their massive sound was successfully transmitted to the dancers. Forty or fifty young things, all in bright clothes and no ties, were springing about with a wild rhythm, their eyes rolled up to the coloured lights, every part of their bodies rippling with the music. Loaf watched their fast, skilful feet for a long time. Then he shuffled one of his own, so gently no one would notice, under the chair. He caught sight of Gracie. She was the prettiest and best dancer in the room, definitely. People were looking in her direction. The man opposite her, to whom she seemed to be directing her sinuous movements, was the only one who had his eyes shut. He looked a decent enough sort of guy, Loaf thought, but with his eyes screwed up like that and his head thrown back, he too might have been in pain. Then Loaf noticed a message on the man's T-shirt. Fuck me, it said. Loaf felt the hot dampness beneath his heavy clothes again. He stood up, head jerking. He'd have to rescue Gracie somehow, or he'd never hear the end of it from Pa. He walked round the edge of the room, careful not to get in anyone's way, to a point where he thought Gracie, if she looked, would see him. For a moment she glanced in his direction. Gracie, he said, but perhaps she didn't notice him, because she didn't stop dancing. Obviously, she couldn't hear him. Loaf lifted one of his hands, looked at it, then waved it at her. She still didn't see. She was laughing at the man with the shut eyes and stamping her skinny legs so that her skirt flew high. There was nothing left for Loaf to do 
other than go over and drag her off the floor, and he'd never do that, not for anything. Maybe she'd be all right so long as he kept watching her, so long as he didn't let her out of his sight. If anyone tried to lay a finger on Gracie, he'd bash them over the head, in the stomach, everywhere, till they were unconscious. He bought himself a Coke and a cheese sandwich from a long table covered with drinks and food. He took them back to another empty chair, further from the band, and settled himself to watch Gracie. As the music ripped painfully through his head and the dancers confused his eyes, he thought how nice it would be to be able to go home and say to Mother and Pa in the morning how much he'd enjoyed it all, how much he'd like the music and the dancing. How nice it would be too, he thought, if they really were Mother and Pa. If he was their real son, like Gracie was their real daughter. He didn't have such thoughts very often, just sometimes when things went badly, when Pa shouted at him and he forgot to do something he'd meant to do for Mother. Then, for a few days, he'd find himself looking about more carefully, looking out for a very tall old man who just might be his real father, and a woman with very whitish hair like his own who could be his mother. Gracie was coming towards him, her body still wriggling with the music, followed by the man whose eyes were half open now. Stop staring, can't you? she shouted. Your eyes always on me gives me the creeps. Loaf blinked. He wanted to say he was unaware he'd been staring, and he was sorry if he'd annoyed her. But the man put his hand on her shoulder and pushed her away. They went towards the food table. Loaf stood up watching them. He felt himself shaking. He saw Gracie point to the gin. The man poured her a glass and added orange. Gracie wasn't allowed gin. If Pa knew Gracie was drinking gin, there'd be a row, all right.